Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're tuned to KOIT 96.3 on your dial, and you've just come to your local source for your fishing reports and information. I'm Dave Dolan, and I am here with the Castaway Show. I'm going to give you the latest I have on the local and maybe some not-so-local fishing, both freshwater and saltwater. Got a few topics to talk about. I'll give you your regular fishing tip and boating tip, and I've even got a recipe for you there. Like to hear from you too. You can always contact us at programming at 963koit.org, and you can also call us. So I hope to hear from you, and if you'd like to have come in and join us sometime, I'd like to maybe even hear your favorite fishing story. So stay tuned, and you'll get the latest here, and let's cast away. Okay, everybody, I'd like to go into our uh, fishing reports. And just like the last few shows, my fishing report here is going to start off with a water report. As you know, we've been having a whole lot of rain. There's been a whole lot more rain up north, northern California, than what we've had here. But I just want to give you a few examples of what's going on up there. The Klamath River, that's a major river in northern California. If you drive the Interstate 5, you're going to cross over the Klamath just before the Oregon border. Usually at this time of year, the Klamath River is running at about 8,000 cubic feet a second. Right now, the Klamath River has just crested at 250,000 cubic feet a second. You know, that's 30 times normal. Now, cubic foot is about the size of a basketball. And can you just imagine seeing a quarter million basketballs rolling by you at one time? Well, that's the amount of water that's going down the Klamath River right now. All the rivers in Northern California, they're just a complete blowout right now. They're totally unfishable. They're running so high and fast, and it would probably be pretty dangerous to try to get on them too. So you can kind of cross that off your list for fishing right now. But all this water just bodes really good for the future, especially with the salmon populations up there. Also looking up north, up in the High Sierra, something's a little bit closer to us and a place that I know some local people here in Mammoth also like to, excuse me, local people here in Anza like fishing, the Mammoth area. Mammoth Mountain this season has received 510 inches of snow. That's 40 feet, 43 feet of snow. Right now at, at the Mountain Ski Resort, they've got 310 inches of snow on the ground. That's 25 feet of snow. Now, when all that snow starts to melt, that water's got to go somewhere. And I know right now the rivers and streams up there are going to be running extremely high later on in the season once they do start to melt. And I do know it's going to be a real late season trying to get into the high lakes up there. You know, it's only a couple months now till the opener in the High Sierras. That's always the last Saturday in April. And I know for sure that the lakes in the Mammoth Lake Basins, Rock Creek, the uh, Lake Sabrina, Bishop Creek Canyon, you're not going to be able to get in there unless you're snow, snowshoeing or on a snowmobile. But then once again, that's just going to mean we're going to have a really good season later on, but we can just push it back a little bit. But that just means it's going to be really good into the fall. Now getting local here, local freshwater reports, haven't had a report in from Lake Hemet this week, but I do know that they've been on their twice-a-week stocking schedule for trout. They've had pretty light pressure there. It's, it's been pretty cold up that way. 
But um, with all the trout they've been putting in there and the light pressure, that just means there's gonna be a whole lot of trout in that lake ready for you when it's time to start fishing there. And with all the snow up on Mount San Jacinto, there's a good influx of water going in there, so the lake levels are rising up pretty good too. Also down the hill there, Diamond Valley Lake, they've got improving striped bass fishing down there. In fact, it's going pretty good right now. They've been having uh, trout plants twice a month and that sure improves the striped bass fishing because those striped bass love to eat trout. So that would be a, a good spot to try that is improving. Looking at Lake Elsinore, now um, if you've driven by this lake over the last couple of years, it probably didn't look very appealing. Water level was low, it turns really green in the summer because the water level's been so warm and not very much water in it. Well, they finally do have water flowing into the lake right now, and even though it's not at the high water mark that we've had in the last few years, it is rising up, and they've actually got some pretty good catfish going on there, fishing for the catfish. Right around the uh, La Laguna area, I'd get in there with your regular catfish baits, you know, your cut mackerel, anchovies, and you've got a pretty good shot at the catfish. Real good uh, local bright spot would be Lake Paris. The uh, bass fishing there is really improved. They're catching them in about 10 to 20 feet of water. They're using the uh, imitation trout as bait, as your lures down there. They're doing real good on some real um, quality sized fish. They've been tr planting trout in there, so you know that's feeding those big bass too. Also down the hill, Lake Skinner, they've got good quality bass fishing going on. Once again, they're using the uh, imitation trout, which is what they like to eat, and they've been stalking trout down there. So uh, the striped bass fishing has been going real well. They're getting their twice a, twice a month trout plants down there, and I look for the fishing to improve down there as the weather warms up too. And going down the hill in the other direction, the desert side, we got good old Lake Kauia. They're still on their twice a month trout stalking down there. You know, that's down on the desert side. Um, they've had some really good quality fishing there, fished two to seven pounds on the trout. So we do have our freshwater fishing options around here, and um, things are just going to get better. The saltwater scene out of San Diego, there's been very few boats going out lately, mainly that's weather related and just not too many people interested in going out fishing in the cooler weather. They've had fair fishing on the um, sand bass and some calico and uh, sand bass and sculpin, excuse me, sand bass and sculpin. But um, your best bet if you're gonna go fishing out of San Diego would probably take one of the three quarter day boats that goes into the Mexican waters and they're bottom fishing down there. Occasional yellowtail around the Coronado Islands, but um, it should be improving too when the weather stabilizes out. On the San Diego scene also, the uh, long range fishing boats are going down into Mexican waters. You know, these are the, the big boy fishing trips. These are the ones anywhere from 12 to 17 days long. They go down and target the giant tuna. They've been doing real well on 100 to 190 pound tuna. Been catching a few of the cows. Those are the ones over 200 pounds. And I think I've said before on some of these shows, if you find out when one of these long range fishing boats are coming in, it's really quite an event down at the San Diego landings. You'll see these two, sometimes 300 pound fish being offloaded off the boats. And oh boy, you just dream about pulling on one of those some days. 
Also, I know there's a, um, used to be a local boat out of the San Diego landings, the Constitution, which now has gone down to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, to do uh, some, some fishing down there. What they do, if you fly down to Puerto Vallarta, you get on this boat in Puerto Vallarta, and for two or three days you go out and you fish the area where normally the long-range boats from San Diego go down and take 17 days to go down there to fish two or three days. The rest of the time is just travel time. Well, anyhow, just last week, this particular boat had an epic trip. One of the anglers landed a 413-pound yellowfin tuna. There were also three other tuna over 300 pounds and several in the 150 to 200 pound range. So, boy, dream trip, a phenomenal trip. So anyhow, uh, that's my fishing report for this week. We do have our bright spots on the local scenes. I would mainly target the trout and um, things will just get better as, as long as we get some weather breaks and a little bit more stability and things warm up a little bit. Okay, everybody, I've been talking quite a bit about the uh, bottom fishing for rock cod. One thing I like about this kind of fishing, it's very easy fishing to do. And the other thing I like about it is that you catch a whole lot of fish. The thing about this rock cod fishing, it's really basic fishing. It's hook, line, and sinker. If you go to the sport fishing landings and you go out on one of these bottom rock cod fishing trips, they're going to rig you up with a uh, setup with 25-pound test line, a couple hooks on it, and a sinker. They'll do that because that's what really works for you on this type of fishing. Basically, when you go out, you're going to probably want to use about an 8-ounce sinker because it is called bottom fishing. It, you want to get down there. If there's any current, you'll probably want to go with a heavier sinker, sometimes up to 16-ounce. But um, you want to use that setup. Your bait is real simple. Usually they'll just cut up some squid or cut mackerel, put it on the hook, and you just drop down there. You let that sinker get down on the bottom. You want to wind it up just a couple cranks because if it's on the very bottom and drags a little bit, it's going to get hung up in some rocks and you're going to lose everything there. So basically you drop it down, up a couple cranks, and you just wait. Chances are, if they put you on a good spot, it won't be very long. You're going to feel those fish hitting it, and all you do is just reel them up. The type of fish you're going to uh, target on this is the what they call the reds, the red snappers. Going to catch a lot of sculpin and lingcod. Now, locally, though, the, right now we've been in a closure for the uh, rock cod fish, and the only kind of fish you can really catch legally in U.S. waters right now is the sculpin. But the season will open up on March the 1st. They give it a break in U.S. waters January and February. You cannot catch the, the reds and the lingcod. It gives them a little bit of a break, a little bit of breathing room, a chance to spawn and build up their stocks. But that opener starts up on March the 1st, and the uh, boats are going to be targeting these fish. Now, as I said, the red snapper, sculper, and lingcod is what you're going to be wanting to target. They're all really good eating fish. The sculpin is um, one fish, <laughs> you got to watch out for these a little bit. They aren't really big, they're pounders, pound and a half, they're excellent eating. The one thing is though, they do have a nickname. They're often called the scorpion fish or rattlesnakes, if that gives you a little bit of hint. One thing about these fish is their spines, their fins are poisonous. The fish is very good to eat, very edible, but those spines do have a toxic in them you got to be careful about how you handle them because if you get stuck with one of these, it's not going to kill you, but it may make you feel like you want to cut your finger off. It will hurt so bad. 
So you catch one of these fish, you let the deck hand handle the fish. What they do is they cut the, the fins, the spines off, then the fish is perfectly okay to handle, and you've got some really good eating fish there with your, with your sculpin, but just remember, don't handle them yourself. Let somebody else do it, and you know, if there's one on the deck and you've got your sandals on, stay away from it. You don't wanna get stuck with one of these. If you are unfortunate enough and have this happen, what you wanna do, the cure for it, is if you can get go into the galley and get some hot coffee, get it as hot as you can possibly stand, and you stick your finger into that. What the coffee does will help draw the poison out and make it a little bit more bearable, and maybe you can salvage your fishing trip out of that. Probably the uh, prize fish you're gonna catch on these uh, bottom fishing trips would be your lingcod. Once again, it's closed season right now, but that's gonna open up March 1st. I don't know if you've ever seen a lingcod, but um, these are excellent eating fish, just prize fish you wanna eat. But they also are probably about the ugliest thing you've ever seen too. They're long, they're kinda discolored-like, their head looks like something prehistoric, they, they're really toothy, so uh, they're not a fish you want to mount and put up on your wall, but if you catch one, you've got a prize fish for your table fare there. These fish are really aggressive too. I've actually uh, been in situations, I know when I was fishing up in Alaska, we were catching some big halibut, 60, 70, 80 pound halibut, and we were bringing them up, I noticed they had big gashes on their side. Well, I asked the boat captain, I said, well, what was that from, you know, and he goes, uh, that's the lingcod. They're killers down there. They attack other fish. I mean, fish, you know, 80-pound fish, they will go after them and, and attack them. I've also been in situations where I've caught, um, you know, down there catching like the red snapper, bringing them up. You know, the red snapper, you know, pound, pound and a half fish. I know one time I was bringing one up. I knew what I had was a red snapper. And all of a sudden, my pole just went bendo, something really big. But what it was, partway up, bringing up the, you know, pound and a half fish, a lingcod saw it and a lingcod swallowed it. So I had a two for one special. My snapper was inside the lingcod and I brought the lingcod up too. So, you know, these are really aggressive fish and they're real prizes if you can catch them. Now, bottom fishing, this is not like freshwater bottom fish. When I think about freshwater bottom fish, I'm thinking, you know, catfish, which, you know, they're fun to catch catfish, and I guess if you season them enough and fry them enough, they taste okay, but my personal preference on catfish is whenever I eat a catfish, I feel like I'm eating the mud where they live in down on the bottom. Well, your bottom fish out in the ocean, it's completely different. These fish are in the deepest, coldest, cleanest water of all, so that makes them just excellent for, for the table fare. So if you wanna go out and have a lot of fun fishing, especially at this time of year, I would really suggest the bottom fishing. A lot of these trips will go out maybe even multi-day bottom fishing and they call them freezer specials because you'll fill up your freezer with some of the best eating fish you can get out there in the ocean. Okay, everybody, we got a little special for the show tonight. I'm so lucky I have a couple nice looking pretty ladies in here with me tonight, and I wanna talk a little bit of fishing with them. I have uh, Anastasia and Zoe in here with me tonight. Wanna say hi? Hi. Hello. Okay, ladies. Yeah, well, um, I've heard you're kind of novice at fishing, but I'd like to talk a little bit of fishing with you. Uh, well, basically, do you have any questions? Anything you'd like to know? Yes. What's the biggest fish you ever caught? 
You're asking a fisherman what the biggest fish is he ever caught. You should know better than that because the fisherman is going to tell you what he caught is about twice as big as what he ever really did catch, but that's okay. <laughs> okay, well, actually, the biggest fish I ever caught was a blue marlin. I caught it down in the East Cape of Baja, California. It weighed at 205 pounds. Now, that seems like a big fish, but blue marlin do get a whole lot bigger than that. I mean, in Hawaii, they catch them over 1,000 pounds, but that was my biggest fish I ever caught. But um, wow. the biggest fish I ever caught I really like to talk about is I caught a 176-pound um, yellowfin tuna. This was on a long-range fishing boat out of San Diego that was fishing down the lower banks off of Baja, California. That 176-pound tuna, it really filled up my freezer. So, anything else? Where was the furthest you, from home you gone fishing? My farthest away from home fishing, I've done this trip twice. I did it again last summer. I've fished up in Alaska, and boy, what an experience that is. More than just the fishing up there, Alaska, it's just a whole different ballgame when you get up in that country. It's just the ultimate trip you can take. Uh, up there, I, my favorite fish I caught up there was probably the sockeye salmon. I love that. That's the salmon you see that's that red-orange color. Really good eating, but the salmon and halibut's what I've targeted up there. I've also fished Hawaii, and I've also fished down the southern tip of Baja, California. Do you like fishing in saltwater or freshwater fishing better? Well, whenever I can get out, that's my favorite time to go fishing, but I've got to say that I'm a lot more of a, of a saltwater fisherman than I am a freshwater. That's not to say I don't like freshwater. My favorite freshwater fishing would probably be fishing trout up in the high Sierras, but um, there's something about that big salt pond. See, the thing I like about um, saltwater fishing is, well, if you're out freshwater fishing and trout fishing, you know you're probably going to catch a trout, but you never know what you're going to catch when you drop in when you're out there on the big salt pond. Okay, I have Anastasia joining me right now to talk a little bit of fishing. How, how are you doing there, Anastasia? I'm doing good today. How are you? Oh, just fine there. Good having you. Well, what would you like to talk about on the fishing? I would like to know what is your favorite kind of fish? You mean to catch or to eat? Uh, what is your favorite kind to eat? My favorite kind to eat, oh boy. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say that the most important thing on eating fish is make sure you've got fresh fish because you can get the best fish in the world. If you don't take care of it, it's going to taste like cat food. But that being said, my favorite fish up to, up to recently, my favorite fish to eat has always been yellowfin tuna. That, well, let me think. I really like Dorado, too. Oh, boy, now you can go ahead. But, um, but actually, I think what has become my favorite kind of fish to eat now has been sockeye salmon. I was lucky enough this last summer up in Alaska. My wife and I, we were up there for three months on an RV fishing trip. And um, that sockeye salmon is just so tasty. That's the salmon you see that just, it's like an orange-red fluorescent color, and it tastes as good as it looks. Oh, that stuff's good. We like halibut. What would you do with halibut? I really like halibut, too. You know, I caught quite a few halibut on our trip this last summer also. What I like to do with halibut is I like to coat it with the, um, the flour, the Mexican-style flour, the masa that you make the uh, tamales out of. I coat it with that, and then I saute it in olive oil. You kind of give it a crust, just enough to be crunchy on the outside. You don't want to overcook it on the inside, but just give it that light crust and that kind of that tamale taste to it, it really sets off the taste of the halibut. Oh, that sounds delicious. And it's real easy to cook, too. 
Oh, we're gonna have to give that one a try. It's real easy, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, don't overcook your fish. That's the biggest mistake people make is overcooking it. And people say, well, gosh, my fish tastes fishy. Guess what? You overcooked it. Okay, everybody, we've talked about the bottom fishing there tonight and how good they are to eat. Well, now these aren't the biggest fish, so when you fillet them out, it just so happens their fillet are perfect size for making fish tacos. So I've got a fish taco recipe for you here tonight. Now, there are a couple of uh, commercial uh, seasonings you can buy out there for fish tacos, but here's one I like to make myself that turns out pretty good. I like to start out, you know, you're going to coat your fish. I like to get the uh, Mexican-style flour, the masa. That's what they use to make tamales. Okay, I put that in a pan. Then I like to sprinkle some uh, garlic powder in it. I like to put some chipotle in it, too. Just do that to your taste. It depends how much heat you like to have in it. Put a little uh, olive oil on your fish fillets and then roll it in that, that uh, seasoned coating that you just made up. Now, I also like to... Um, make my own guacamole guacamole you know you can't just slice up avocados but i like to make my own guacamole so what i do is get some avocados cut them up i like to mash them up with a fork mix about a spoonful of sour cream in there i like to use the non-fat sour cream sprinkle a little garlic in there a shot of lemon juice and then just get some of your uh, bottled salsa in there, just enough to add a little color to it. Stir this up really good, and then you've got some really good uh, guacamole there. So anyhow, you have your fish fillets coated in, in your uh, seasoning that you just made up there. Put a little olive oil in, in your frying pan, then put those fish fillets in there. Just cook it long enough to put a little bit of a crust on it, on both sides of the fish. Remember, you don't want to overcook your fish. Warm up some tortillas, then put these fish fillets in that tortilla, put your homemade guacamole on it, and wrap it up in that warm tortilla, and you've got yourself a really good fish taco. I, and to complete this fish taco, I kind of like a little Mexican beer in there with it too. So, hope you enjoy it. Well, Anza, thanks for joining me for this week's show. I really enjoyed my two lady guests that came in here tonight. It was good talking a little fishing with you there. And I'd also like to hear from you. If you have any suggestions on the show, anything you would like to hear me talk about, or if you would like to come in here and, like my two guests tonight, talk a little fishing with me, you can always reach us at programming at 963koyt.org or give us a call at 763-KOYT. That's 763-5698. I'd also like to remind you all of a uh, benefit dance we have coming up here that's going to help the radio station here on Saturday, March 25th at the Anza Community Hall. It should be a great night. There's going to be food, dancing, and we have beer there too. Tickets are $15, and we sure hope for a good turnout. It'll be a good time for everybody and help us out here at the radio station. So until our next show, I look forward to hearing from you, seeing you at the dance, and let's get together sometime on the water, and let's cast away.